the Lord be with you and also with you. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In virtual worship, our sanctuary empty, we gather this Advent Sunday. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. The liturgy, music, and sermon are offered in the praise of God for our virtual congregation through WBUR 90.9 FM and our listenership now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership, ministry, and service in our midst. And as the Spirit moves, and when again it is permitted and safe to do so, your presence with us here in worship. Please note on our website the particular programs, educational offerings, and forms of personal and pastoral support available this week. Today's service includes the sermon and prayers recorded on December 16th, along with music and liturgy from earlier services. Although our nave is empty, the music is full. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. pray together. Purify our conscience, almighty God, by your daily visitation, 
that your Son, Jesus Christ, at his coming, may find in us a mansion prepared for himself, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. In these moments, we prepare ourselves, we prepare our minds and our souls and our spirits. We prepare the habitation of our hearts for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We prepare the manger scene of our souls for the smoking cradle of the advent of the Christ. We prepare ourselves as a community of faith to embrace, nay, to be embraced by the incarnate love of God. Let us bow in preparation for our time of confession and prayer as the choir sings our traditional Kyrie. good news. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God.
lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans, chapter 16, verses 25 through 27. Now to God, who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but is now disclosed, and through the prophetic writings is made known to all the Gentiles, according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. To the only wise through God, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us now say responsively verses from Psalm 89. sing of your steadfast love, O Lord, forever. With my mouth I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. I declare that your steadfast love is established forever. Your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to my servant David. I will establish your descendants forever and build your throne for all generations. Then you spoke in a vision to your faithful one and said, I have set the crown on one who is mighty. I have exalted one chosen from the people. I have found my servant David. With my holy oil I have anointed him. My hand shall always remain with him. My arm also shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not outwit him. The wicked shall not humble him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down those who hate him. My faithfulness and steadfast love shall be with him, and in my name his horn shall be exalted. I will set his hand on the sea and his right hand on the rivers. He shall cry to me, You are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. From Jesse's stand as we are able for the Gloria and the reading of the Gospel.
Holy Gospel according to St. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Glory to you, O Lord. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Hail, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and considered in her mind what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no husband? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your kinswoman Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
If we listen with the ears of the heart, the sounds of Christmas may just envelop us, its echoes of faith may revive us and heal us. A voice, Gabriel, fear not. A cough, Joseph, turning. A shuffle, shepherds, moving. A murmur, a shudder, a shake, cattle, lowing. The crisp crackle of hard soil, snow and ice underfoot. Distant laughter, ribald and rough, out from the inn. And Mary, Mary, her yawn, her sigh, her song, her cry. If we listen with the ears of the heart, the whole creation sings in ecumenical chorus, and the sounds of Christmas heal us by enveloping us in a circle of love whose circumference is without measure. Our time and world and culture so often are fixed on limits. We lean more on what we can count than on what we can count on. We lean more on what we can count than on what we can count on. But Christmas inquires about our sense of limits and reverberates with echoes of faith, a robust cosmic faith. Our lips may echo such faith even if our habits muffle such faith. Health care for all or for some, good education with book safety, discipline, respect for all or for some, employment, most people just need a job and a home for all or for some, civic protection for all or for some, heavenly hope for all or for some. We do tend to live and move and have our being as if the very temporary distinctions, the limits we so prize, had somehow a lasting life. Here is a Christmas pronouncement of a broad peace, a loving peace, the prospect of love and peace on earth, on earth, with Gandhi along the Ganges, beside Tutu on the southern Cape, along the path of the Dalai Lama and farthest Tibet, and Tegucigalpa with the Church Amor Fei Vida. This is no religious quietism, cold, careful, efficient, first mile, changeless, fearsome, depressed. This is Christmas. This is Christmas. Warm, open, effective, second mile, free, growing, creative, and hopeful. The early church told two stories about Jesus. The first about his death, the second about his life, the first about the cross is the older and more fundamental. The second about the major, manger is the key to the meaning of the first, the eyeglasses which open full sight of the first, the code with which to decipher the first. Jesus died on a cross for our sin according to the scripture. That is the first story. And how we handle this story later in the year come Lent and Easter is a perilous and serious responsibility. But this morning we light a candle, a virtual candle, light a candle for our land, for our siblings across this great land, 300,000 taken by COVID, now to a farther shore and a greater light. We wail, we wail for them even as Rachel and others wailed so long ago. Yet this week across the globe, the first vaccines appeared, including right here in the United States. And in Canada, first responders were pictured receiving vaccination. 
They are a country of 36 million and a government that has already purchased 80 million vaccines. Those receiving and those watching, all of us together, wept. To remember the past year and now the approaching vaccine, a latter-day miracle for sure, is to weep with Rachel come Christmas. That is the first story, the death story, the story of Jesus' death and other seasons' work needs will need careful, careful handling. Today, we might remember briefly and say again what we have said each year in Lent. Remember that it is not the passion of Christ that defines the person of Christ, but the person who defines the passion. Remember that it is not the suffering that bears the meaning, but the meaning that bears the suffering. That it is not the cross that carries the love, but the love that carries the cross. That it is not crucifixion that encompasses salvation, but salvation that encompasses even the tragedy of crucifixion. The resurrection follows, but does not replace the cross for sure. Yet and still it is also true that the cross precedes, but does not overshadow the resurrection. It is life that has the first word. It is life that has the last word. Later in the year come March and April, and who knows what life will be like then. We shall return to the first story, story one. But at Christmas, we listen for story two, the story of Jesus' life, the story of Jesus' birth and its echoes of faith. I wonder, are you ready? Come Sunday, Christmas Sunday 2020, ready in a new way and, a, and ready for the first time or the first time in a long time to hear the susurrations of faith. Have you faith? Where is your faith? How is it with your faith? Last Saturday in the later afternoon, it rained heavily. That meant the best walk home from chapel to residence did lie through the long hallways of the College of Arts and Sciences, where my mother worked as a secretary in 1951, putting her husband through seminary, when that building was spanking new. From the chapel, the portico will keep you dry and then take you into the building. The building is regularly teeming with echoes, voices, greetings, laughter, discourse, lecture, music, all. By that late hour, all was silent. Not a person, not a peep, not a word down the long, lovely hallway of the College of Arts and Sciences. Solitude of a COVID sort, corona cause, corona based, a solitude and echoes and ghosts at every step. A meeting here years ago, two lectures there years before, an acad academy graduation speech many years earlier, a memorial reception for a law student there years ago, and meetings, meetings, meetings. Now, silence. Los sonidos de la silencia. Silence, solitude. Here a photo of a colleague whose memorial we celebrated in 2017. Here a reminder of a past curriculum. In all about nothing, nothing but quiet with the rain falling fast outside. In the atrium, a pause amid the ghosts and amid the silence. And a quickened, sharp awareness, a COVID moment. 
Solitude has its own beauty. Solitude has beauty. It is harsh beauty. It is a dark beauty. And it is a discomforting beauty for those of us who thrive on presence, conversation, gathering, and human being morning to night. But a beauty still. I wonder, does your faith have space for such solitude, such harsh, dark, discomforting beauty? Does mine? When it gets quiet enough, there can be a hearing for the echoes of such faith. So we recall at Christmas the birth story. Who was Jesus? What life did his death complete? How does his word heal our hurt? And how does all this accord with scripture? One leads to the other. This second, second level story begins at Christmas and is told among us to interpret the first. Christmas is meant to make sure that the divine love is not left only to the cross or only to heaven. Christmas in a troubled world, a world of pollution, pandemic, politics, politics, prejudice, and pain is meant to remind us, all of us, that you do not need to leave the world in order to love God. Alf Landon said, I can be a liberal and not be a spendthrift. We might say, I can be a Christian and not reject the world around. Christmas is meant to open out a whole range of Jesus as brother, teacher, healer, young person, all. Christmas is meant to provide the mid-course correction that might be needed if all we had was Lent. And the Christmas echoes are the worker bees in this theological spiritual hive. Easter may announce the power of love, but Christmas names the presence of love. Jesus died the way he did because he lived the way he did. And Jesus lived the way he did so that he could die the way he did. That is, it is not only the passion of Christ, but the peace of Christ too, which Christians like you affirm. What good news this is at the end of 2020. We together need both passion and peace, both Easter and Christmas. And such a passionate year we have had, theologically, globally, culturally, politically, ecclesiastically. We have known passion this year. Now comes Christmas again to announce that there is more to Jesus than passion alone. There is the matter of peace as well. There is the matter of love. With great effort, the ancient writers joined the God of creation with the God of redemption. The coming of the Savior does not limit the divine care to the story of redemption, but weaves the account of redemption into the fabric of creation. There is more to the gospel than the cross. The ancient writers did sense this and say it with gusto. Angels to to locate heavenly love on earth. Shepherds to locate love on ordinary earth. Kings to empower the sense of love on earth and a poor mother to locate physically the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Love, in the womb of the earth and remind us of the physique, the physicality of faith. The location of love is earth and its circumference is without limit. God's Christ is without limit. God's Christ, the Christ, echoes of faith. 
Ah, the Christ. There are many rooms in this mansion. In the Hebrew scripture as translated into Greek long ago, Christ referred to Cyrus, the king of Persia, who at last freed the Jews from their bondage in Babylon. The Christ of God, later Isaiah calls King Cyrus, echoes of faith. Then Christ meant the messianic conqueror who would bring apocalyptic cataclysm, the end of things as we know it, the reconstitution of Israel and the reign of God, the main wellspring of hope for those breathing and sweating in Jesus' day, including Jesus, echoes of faith. Christians then began to use the term to refer to Jesus, Jesus who spoke Aramaic, rode a donkey, recited the Psalms thinking David wrote them all, walked only in Palestine, never married, and was crucified for blasphemy or treason or both. Echoes of faith. A while later, Christ in Paul becomes the instrument of God's incursion into the world to recreate the world and is known in the cross and the resurrection. Echoes of faith. Still later, when the gospel writers pick up the story, Christ is the risen Lord, preached by Paul and narrated by unknown silent ghost writers who somehow put together the story of his earthly ministry, always spoken as a resurrection account and always seen, if seen, in light of Easter, but interpreted through the faith of Christmas and its echoes, echoes of faith. John takes another trail in the telling of the Christ because for John, none of the above really matters at all, save that Christ reveals God. Wherever and whenever there is way, truth, or life, there is Christ. Echoes of faith. Still later, in drawing on all the above and more, the early Christian writers painstakingly and painfully tried to fit it all into Neoplatonic thought, involving natures and persons, the human and the divine, the seen and the unseen, and describe Christ in creeds, perhaps best and for sure first in the Apostles' Creed, only Son, Lord. Most of the options then have been laid out by 325 CE or so to be regularly and fitfully retried and rehearsed into our time. John Calvin could write that we really can't say definitively where Christ as Lord begins and where Christ as Lord ends. Alpha, Omega, Echoes. Leo Tolstoy wrote a, a simple Christmas story about this once. Where love is, Christ is. Story two. The lovely decorated Christmas tree in your living room with its natural grace adorned by symbolic beauty is meant to connect the God of creation with the God of redemption. The story of Jesus the Christ and his love is as wide and large and limitless as the refraction of light throughout all creation. And we felt it together a bit last Sunday in the virtual open house, our congregation gathered by Zoom with voices greeting us from California, Iowa, Indiana, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, New York, Florida, Virginia, and most all the New England states. Once we visited in the home of a friend whose lovely tree sported a particularly wonderful ornamentation. He had placed upon the boughs the more usual collection of angels, bulbs, lights, tinsel, and all. 
But here and there, slowly illuminating and slowly darkening, there were five lighthouses. I'd never seen a lighthouse as an ornament. And as we shared life and faith in the living room, the slowly illuminating and slowly darkening lighthouses, all five, caught the imagination. Caught the imagination. With John Wesley, we affirm five means of grace ever available and savingly so amid the branches and brambles of life. These are saving Christmas echoes of faith, prayer as close as breath, sacraments in the closest church weekday and Sunday, or maybe a love feast at home in pandemic. Scripture, take and read, read and remember, remember and recite. Fasting, we might say walking, exercise, attention to discipline and diet. Conversation, a word spoken and heard that just may be healing enough to be true or true enough to bring healing. Even, say, in a sermon, say, on the Sunday, say, before Christmas 2020. At Christmas, we can listen and remember we are most human when we are lovers. We are most human when we are lovers. Are we lovers anymore? Where love is, Christ is. If we listen with the ears of faith, the whole creation sings an ecumenical chorus, and the sounds of Christmas heal us by enveloping us in a circle of love whose circumference is without measure. You may decide today to lead a Christian life, to worship every Sunday, to pray every morning, to tithe every dollar, to take up the way of peace by loving and giving. You may decide upon this path this morning. Do. An echo of faith may catch you up with a susurration and a whisper. The birth of Christ is for you. His way of life is for you. His manner of obedience is for you. His community, his church is open to you. His happiness is meant for you. His love is for you. His death is for you. His life is for you. His discipline is for you. If we listen with imaginative ears, the sounds of Christmas and its echoes of faith envelop us and heal us. A voice, Gabriel, fear not. A cough, Joseph, turning. A shuffle, shepherds, moving. A murmur, a shudder, a shake, cattle lowing. The crisp crackle of hard soil, snow and ice underfoot. Distant laughter, ribald and rough, out from the inn. And Mary, Mary, her yawn, her sigh, her song, her cry. Echoes of faith. Amen.
is the time in our service when we turn our hearts and minds to prayer. Today's prayer is adapted from a litany for Christ's coming by the Reverend Thomas L. Weitzel of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. As the days of Advent hasten on and we draw nearer to the day of Christ's coming, let us pray with fervent hearts for the needs of the world. Come, Lord Jesus, and do not tarry. Lord Christ, in joy and anticipation, we await your coming with lamps lighted and hearts aglow with faith. Come now and illumine the whole universe. All creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. Come soon and save those who wait in darkness. The suffering and the poor look to you for their hope. Come and raise us to glory in your presence. The troubled and the oppressed have nowhere to turn but to you. Come quickly and banish the powers of evil and darkness around us. The sick and weary, the dying and faint-hearted cry out in despair. Come and bring us eternal wholeness and health. Even the martyrs and the blessed dead make their plea, O Lord, how long? Come now and give us eternal life. The Spirit and the Church cry out, Come, Lord Jesus. All those who await your appearance pray, Come, Lord Jesus. The whole creation pleads, Come, Lord Jesus. Hearken to the prayers of your servants, Lord Jesus. By the sign of the manger of Bethlehem, Give us hope in the promise of your return. Come quickly, Lord, and bring us to the joys of heaven, where we will praise you with the Father and the Holy Spirit forever and ever. Amen. Now hear us as we pray with confidence as our Savior has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
for the work before us, the life within us, the fellowship among us, and thy love that surrounds us. We give thee thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray in Christ. Amen. May the sun shall warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. <laughs>